joining us on the morning show, Joel Ingersoll from the Twin Cities Curling Association. Joel, thanks so much for being here. Oh, I'm happy to be here and uh, excited to talk about curling. All right. So it's on everybody's radar because the Winter Olympics are underway. Can you give us a brief kind of curling 101? What are we seeing on TV? Absolutely. So now that mixed doubles are over, I'll focus on regular curling. Typical curling, you've got men's and women's in the Olympics. There are four players to a team. Uh, You have a lead, a second, a third, who's also known as a vice skip and the skip. Okay. Uh, Watching curling, skip's the one that does all the yelling and stands at the other end of the house. House would be those rings that you see, the target. The point of curling is to hurl that rock slowly down the ice. Everybody who tries it wants to chuck it real hard and have that rock either be what's called a guard, which means it falls short of the house a draw, which would come in behind a guard and sit inside of that giant bullseye, or a hit, which is where you try to knock your or your opponent's rocks out of the house. Now, once you've thrown all the rocks in an end, and that is 16 rocks, eight per team, each player throws two and they alternate. You take a look at the house, you see which color is closer to the center known as the pin, And that team scores. So only one team can score in an end. It's the team closest to the pin. And then you count out the same color. So if yellow is closest to the pin, and then you've got another yellow before you see a red, that would be two points. If no rocks are in the house, that's a blank end, and you just keep playing, and nobody scored. Okay. You play 10 of those in 10 ends in competitive curling, and you alternate the team that scores The other team gets what's called the hammer in the next end. The hammer is the last shot of the 16 rocks that are thrown. Okay. And why it's called the hammer is uh, kind of lost to time, um, (laughs) but it gives the team most likely the chance to score throwing that last rock. Sure. What's up with the brooms? Okay. So curling ice is not smooth. Like you don't drive a Zamboni over curling ice. Okay. Um, it's pebbled. It's almost like the opposite of a golf ball. It's dimpled on the outside, maybe like an orange. So the bottom of a curling stone is smooth. And if the ice is smooth, you could throw it as hard as you want. And friction would just cause that rock to go a few feet and stop. These little bubbles or these little bumps, the sweeping temporarily melts those little pebbles on the ice. And the rock glides along that. So what sweeping does is that it causes or allows a rock to travel further and straighter. So as it goes down the ice, you rotate the rock either clockwise or counterclockwise. And as it slows down, that rotation will have the rock curl, hence the name of the game, to the left or to the right. Sweeping it will extend how far that rock travels and will cause it to go straighter. And hopefully if you're doing a good job and the skip's yelling hard enough, I'm kidding, uh, it will get to the exact position you want it to be in on the other side of the sheet. As we're sitting at home and watching curling, are there any kind of strategies that we should be watching out for as spectators? Maybe not a specific strategy you should be looking for, but one of the most interesting things about curling is you have defensive and offensive strategies, of course. Well, you would tend to think of something like hitting a whole bunch of rocks as being an offensive strategy, right? It sounds dramatic. You're hitting things and you're bumping and you've got doubles and all of that. But it's actually a very defensive strategy to hit rocks. The reason being is the more rocks that are in play, 
the more potential you have, the bigger opportunity you have to score. So if you have an end where one team is just hitting out your opponent's rocks over and over again, that's a much more defensive strategy simply because then your opponent has fewer opportunities to have rocks in play. Doesn't that lower your chance to rack up points? It does. But if you're, if you don't have the hammer, so you're throwing first in the end, the likelihood Uh of you stealing or scoring is significantly diminished because your opponent can always throw one rock in at the end and get a point. So you're trying to prevent them from getting four, five, six in an end. I mean, rarely you see that. We did see that in the gold medal game four years ago when Schuster scored five on Nicholas Adin's team, but that's pretty rare in Olympic level and, and competitive curling. And then I do want to talk about getting involved with amateur curling. Everybody sits at home and thinks, oh, well, the people on the ice, they've got a gut. I believe it was Canada even had a a woman participate who was pregnant at one point to enter into curling as an amateur. What should you be prepared for? Because I'm sure it's much harder than it looks on TV. It is much harder than it looks on TV. All of the internet commentators in their 30s and 40s who have a beer gut like me who are like, oh, I can make the Olympics in two years. The first thing you'd need is a time machine to go back to when you were like eight or 10 to start playing. Um, One of the great things we see every year is St. Paul has the Kyle Satram bond spiel for juniors. And you see pictures of John Schuster when he was eight winning that. So, but to get involved... We have five clubs in the metro area. You have the St. Paul Curling Club. You have the Frogtown Curling Club, which is just down the road from the St. Paul Curling Club. You have Dakota Curling Club in Lakeville. You've got Four Seasons Curling Club in Blaine. And you've got Chaska Curling Center out in Chaska. All of them are doing learn to curl events in conjunction with the Olympics. Nice. So you can sign up by yourself with some buddies go down and learn how to throw a rock, learn how to sweep without falling over. You get that experience of doing all of those things for curling in like a one to two hour time block. You get the chance to see that. Alternatively, if the times that all those clubs are offering up aren't available, you can get seven friends, call any of those curling clubs and schedule a group event. You know, you can bring some pop or beer if you're an adult and got a beer belly already come on down, try it out. They'll give you an instructor. All the equipment is provided. So they'll have brooms for sweeping. They'll have a slider that you can put under your foot when you throw. Obviously the rocks are there. The big thing, of course, and we always advise people is don't wear blue jeans when you're curling, because then you'll need to duct tape them up, stretch out. (laughs) Very good point. (laughs) <laughs> and then I want to put on that list of required equipment. You have a book out called Bare Bones Stones, A Welcome Guide to Curling. Tell us a little bit more about that. Leading up to the last Olympics, I started writing a series of blog posts. So I've been curling. This is my 11th year. And I realized that there are a lot of books that are really complex in explaining curling or are so simplistic that it's like, okay, we hear this at the beginning of every television broadcast as they explain it to an American audience. And I thought, well, there's this gap between really complex stuff and super beginner stuff that people who are watching it on TV might want to know or going, you know, in their first year of doing a league would want to learn a little bit more about curling without getting over inundated with details. So I started writing a blog and then I realized, oh, wow, I'm like 25,000 words in. This could be a book. So I self-published it. It's available on Amazon. It's 
when it was originally released four years ago, it was number one in Olympic sports. And it's doing quite well again right now as people are looking for more information on curling. Oh, well, congratulations. I'll have a link to that up at jazz88.fm if you want to find out more about Joel's book. Joel Ingersoll with the Twin Cities Curling Association. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. I really do feel like I have a better grasp on the game. Absolutely. I'm anytime. I'm happy to answer questions. I love talking about curling.